in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to another edition of As I See It. This is your host, Dr. Jeff Kegris, live from our Cool Springs Eye Care Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm sitting with Cole Evans, my co-conspirator, co-partner, cooperative person, <laughs> talking about today a little bit on a clinical eye disease issue. Cole, welcome. Thank you very much, Dr. Jeff. I'm I'm very eager to kind of dive into today's topic because, uh, number one, I had no clue what it was until I started learning about it. And then when you, kind of like most things in eye care, when you start learning about them, it opens up all these doors of questions and things. And I immediately started thinking of family members. Um, so we kind of want to start off with this with this visual for a second, okay? Okay. So I, I have uh, an iPhone and I think like most phones today, it's all about what filter can I put on? How can I make it look fancy and get it on Instagram? And so for, for my iPhone uh, people out there, there's a, a section uh, uh, a section on, the, um, on your photo app that is called Portrait. And Portrait allows you to take a picture. I'm looking at Dr. Jeff in front of me right now so I can take a picture of you. And it really focuses on you. And it fades out everything else around you. So you are the crystal clear image. But all the, all the stuff around the sides... Uh, makes it go away. Becomes superfluous. Huh? Yeah. And and people on Instagram and, and most other places, that's a good looking image, mm-hmm. right? That's a good looking mm-hmm. image. And you can even go in through a, another section, a section called a vignette and you can move it up and down and it really closes in around it and makes it really dark or really bright. And when I was doing research about this, I was sitting here drawing the, the, the correlation that that's cool on Instagram. It's really cool on, on your phone. But in real life, uh, if your vision looks like that, if, if the sides and your, your, your circumference of your vision, if you will, is really started fading, and in some cases, a blotch of missing vision right in the middle, those are signs of glaucoma. That's a tremendous... I was kind of wondering where you were going to go with that. And you that, see how huh? I just brought it full circle. I mean, that's incredible. It's yeah, a no, co-conspirator, that's, that's, really. That's a, that's a very, very good way to describe it, because you're right. Um, while glaucoma in an extremely advanced state can affect central vision, most of the time it affects our mid-peripheral vision, which mm-hmm. would be you know, not, oh, well, well, I think I can see over by my right ear. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that, that area that we're looking at all the time, except for the straight-ahead vision. And that could be very devastating to people's ability to function. So, Dr. Jeff, we're not going to get in the weeds with psychophotocoagulation. We won't mm-hmm. go that crazy into mm-hmm. it, okay? You yes. didn't know that word a year ago I did. either. I just yeah. found it on yeah, some research. Good. I, I like wrote it down. Idea. You say I have it written here in three uh-huh. parts, just yes. so I could say uh-huh. it. Uh, but let's this just start. the fourth take. It way. is the fourth take. <laughs> you saw a pause on cyclo. Um, let's explain to the patients just, um, uh, just kind of the basics here. But uh, let's start off with just the basics of what is glaucoma. Okay. So the first thing I think everybody needs to know is, do we check for glaucoma? Yes. Every single time you are in the office for a comprehensive eye health and vision exam, we are looking for any signs of glaucoma. And what glaucoma is, is an optic nerve disorder or disease. That means the optic nerve, which is at the back of the eye, connects to the brain, characterized by kind of a characteristic loss of its inner core surface. So we lose healthy optic nerve tissue, and by losing healthy optic nerve tissue, we lose parts of our side vision, and if left unchecked, 
will continue to lose all of the function of the optic nerve. That's what glaucoma is. It's an optic nerve disease, but it's a chronic, in most cases, long-term, smoldering, advancing loss of optic nerve tissue, which leads to a loss of vision. Side vision first ultimately can make you lose all vision. So you have uh, been a practicing uh, eye doctor for, we'll just say more than 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And more than maybe a couple more than uh-huh. that. But uh, let's talk about on extremes. Mm-hmm. So what is the sweet spot of, if you said an age range between this and this is going to be your glaucoma suspect, quote unquote, but uh, in, in your years of practice, you've seen someone as young as what show symptoms? Great question. I would say that certainly there are a few things that raise your alarm. Uh, certain races, African-Americans are four to six times as likely. Let's just make that a five times as likely to develop vision loss from glaucoma. Okay. The older someone is, the more likely. I think the most recent statistics are about one half of a percent of patients have glaucoma or one half percent of patients have glaucoma at age 40 and 15% have it at age 85. So very, very definitely, if I see an 85-year-old, I have a 15 out of 100% chance of seeing it. If I see somebody 40 years old, they have less than 1% chance. But I'm going to be checking for it nonetheless in both of them. Okay, Every single year, every eye exam, they're coming here. Absolutely. And even on, on patients that have other eye issues like a, a, a pink eye, red eye, conjunctivitis, uh, you know, or a uveitis or uh, flashes and floaters, uh, we're always looking at optic nerve is so critical to vision that we're always looking at it. So it may not be the presenting reason you came in, but we're always evaluating where that uh, optic nerve status is. Is it healthy? Uh, and when we talk about healthy, I know, you know, say, well, what's healthy look like? And right. and we use a lot of analogies, but I like to make an analogy. It looks like a Krispy Kreme donut. That's a normal nerve. Right. Okay. And so the edible part of the nerve is the healthy part of the nerve. There's a central depression, like it'd be the hole in the middle of a donut. We call that central depression a cup. And it's usually about that size. If patients had glaucoma that progressed and was left untreated, the hole in the middle of the donut would get larger, 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 larger. You would start to lose the edible part of the donut. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what happens in glaucoma. The cup gets bigger in the middle. Not so much that it's getting bigger. It's because the healthy nerve, the donut part, the edible donut part of the nerve is getting thinner, thinner, thinner. And so by virtue of that, we kind of sometimes will call out a number when you're having your exam and we'll say, well, the cupping is... 0.6 0.6 or the cupping is 0.3 and all that all that we're doing is we're estimating the size of the healthy rim and what's left over so we'll say well if your cupping is 0.3 that means 30 percent of your nerve is that open cup that means 70 percent of your nerve is healthy so are you <clears throat> are signs of glaucoma more determined by the patient saying hey, I've been dealing with this for a few years. Now I want to bring it to your attention, whether it's a new patient, et cetera, mm-hmm. or, or is it tracking that patient, say from, you know, they live here in our area. They've been a patient for a long time. Their parents have. We're seeing it in in testing from an annual exam. Talk to me about what what is the first sign? Great, great question. And, and going back to your question from before, because I, I mentioned the older you get, the more you're at risk of glaucoma. You can be born with a type of congenital glaucoma. Okay. So you can have glaucoma right at the time you're born. People tend to have larger eyes and, and pressure issues. And usually that's treated 
pretty promptly now with good access to medical care here in the United States. You can have other types. Uh, the youngest patients that I've seen that are developing or, or we feel have developed glaucoma are kind of around the 10 to 14 years old. Now, wow. it, that's rare, but it does occur. Uh, and so we, we even check in younger patients uh, all the time for their optic nerve. So, so hereditary meaning literally mom and dad has it, or does it go even deeper to grandparents? Oh, it could be. Yeah, okay. it could be. Uh, you know, we tend to feel, this is a genetically inherited disorder in some way, but it doesn't work like Mendelian peas that we learned with fruit flies and peas and sure. high school biology. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, autosomal dominant, you got this percentage chance. Um, there's a there's a tendency, if okay. you will. Uh, if I have a, uh, a patient that says, I have a family history of glaucoma, then that's kind of a tick that's a higher risk. If they say it's on the mom's side, I think that's a, a, a risk and a half because mm. the mom's side seems to be a little more correlative to the higher risk. So outside of genetics, mm-hmm. what causes glaucoma? Most of it's a genetic predisposition that the nerve just doesn't tolerate some of the balance between the cardiovascular system that's supporting it, all the blood vessels in the nerve, and the eye pressure in the eye. And notice when I gave the definition of glaucoma, there may be people out there going, wait a minute, I thought glaucoma is high eye pressure. Yeah, we did a darn good job in the like the people before me in the 70s and, and in the 80s and the 90s saying, you know, if you've got high eye pressure, you have glaucoma. But our studies have shown that eye pressure in and of itself is a, is a risk factor but many, if not most people that have higher eye pressure, depending upon certain other factors, may not ever develop glaucoma. Sure. So it's a matter of what's happening at the optic nerve. So that's really where the money is. Now, eye pressure is important because it is the one variable that we can treat. If you have been diagnosed as a glaucoma suspect and we feel you're kicking over and developing glaucoma, mm-hmm we're going to treat the eye pressure because that minimizes one of the risk factors. And the way I like to make that analogy is, um, you know, when we treat your, your high triglycerides or your cholesterol, we're doing that, but we're doing that for a reason, right? We want to minimize the chance of you having a heart attack or a stroke. So that's why we're treating the cholesterol and the lipids, right? Mm -hmm. So we're treating the eye pressure to minimize you stroking out your nerve, if you will. Okay. Okay. So what, so most people, I think, if, if again, we paint a broad brush or staring mm-hmm. at a computer eight, 10 hours a day or their devices, um, we can rest assured that it has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, um, uh, it might fall into a category of dry eye, right? But mm-hmm. but not have anything to do with glaucoma. I, I think I'm coming back to um, coming in and having your annual eye exam. These things are being looked at. You, your, your, your cupping is being measured. Um, but what conversation am I having with my grandma who hasn't been in a couple of years? She needs to come get her eyes, get her annual exam, but she hasn't. What are some things that I need to be listening for at home? Aside, you know, memo is probably not going to say to me, <laughs> hey, I can't see out of my peripheral left side. Right. But what are maybe some things that that um, that stand out that people, our listeners can be listening for with loved ones or friends to go? Wow, that's that's a that's a sign. Yeah, I that's the good and the bad of this. The good news is that patients for the most part, aren't going to have any pain or any symptoms and people like that. Oh, that's good. I don't like pain. Right. Right. Um, The bad news is they're not going to have any pain or any symptoms. And so they have to rely on coming into their eye doctor to be able to look at that. It's not something they're going to feel. Okay. It's even less symptomatic than something like high blood pressure. For most people, you know, a lot of people are treated for high blood pressure and they go, I only knew it because they measured my blood pressure. Right. Um, and that's very similar with 
with regard to glaucoma. We're going to look at eye pressure, we're going to look at your nerve, and then we're going to look at structure and function. There, there are a number of things, a number of, of factors that go into that vegetable soup before we make a diagnosis of the glaucoma. So, so mammal is probably, not, is, just as you said, is not going to say, hey, um, I've been noticing this. Mm-hmm. Now, if they do, it might be pretty advanced. I will say, if somebody hasn't been to the eye doctor in a long time and they're 84 years old and they start saying, I'm not seeing very well, then the question that would be good to ask them is, uh, you know, when did you see your eye doctor last? But also, where aren't you seeing well? Which eye? Mm. Is it straight ahead? Is it up here, down here, over to the left, over to the right? Those type of things can help because, you know, the most common diagnosis in older patients, obviously, is a cataract, but most people have cataract surgery when that happens. Secondly, would be macular degeneration, which is going to make you lose your straight ahead vision. Okay, so that that it kind of takes me into another. So that's the... I won't say that. is that for for my simple brain. Is yeah. that the invert of okay? So we're, again, mm-hmm. the visual mm-hmm. is um, in glaucoma. I see straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, an advanced case might have a missing blotch in the middle, but the 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 peripheral is faded out. If not, that's right. Uh, so is age related macular degeneration the opposite? Uh, it is because okay. you will not lose your peripheral vision if all you have so is that's age related macular. In the center, I can't even see you. That's right. Me. Getting back to your portrait analogy. If you have macular degeneration, you can see things to the side, but you can't see the picture of the person. If you have glaucoma, like you said, everything's blurred out to the side, but you can see the picture of the person. So the worst case scenario, I get macular degeneration and glaucoma because now I'm losing straight ahead and to my periphery. That's that's pretty devastating. Sure. We try to avoid both of those, obviously, but those, you know, they're both affecting other parts of the of the retina and the visual system. So you said a couple of things that made me immediately write down notes. Number one, you said uh, we were talking about memo. You said uh, ask which eye. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's you can have it in one and not the other or both. Before Doctor Jeff gets to that question, let's take a minute and hear from one of our sponsors. Maybe you'll recognize his voice. Hi everyone, this is Doctor Jeff Kagaris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. All right, guys, back to the show. You can have it in one and not the other or both. That's, that's a great question. It, the typical type, we're talking about the garden variety, most common type of glaucoma is usually in both eyes, but one eye ahead of the other. So it's a it's a bilateral, both eyes, but asymmetric disease. One eye precedes the other. Okay. So once you have glaucoma in one eye, you are at high risk for developing it in the other eye. Okay. All right, strong glaucoma suspect there. That is why generally... The other eye is suspicious, and generally people will treat both eyes. Do you find that's the exact same with the invert of age-related macular degeneration? Good question. I mean, you're aging at the same rate, uh, but if you have, you're usually going to have macular degeneration in both eyes, but one's going to be preceding the other. Got it. Remember with macular degeneration, I think in one of our podcasts, we talked about the difference between dry and wet. Mm -hmm. If you have wet, a certain type that's very advanced and you have a bleeding blood vessel there, then there's a one in four chance you're going to have it in the other eye, but you always are going to have dry before you have wet. So bottom line is if you have macular degeneration, you probably have it in both eyes. One eye may be worse than the other. If you really get the worst type in one eye, 
you're a lot, you're at a higher risk to get it in the fellow eye, so it needs to be followed very closely. And the same thing holds true for glaucoma. Mm-hmm. In fact, in glaucoma, which is different than macular degeneration, let's say you had a bleeding blood vessel in macular degeneration, and we treated it with an injection, what we call anti-VEGF, mm-hmm. right? We treat that eye because it needs it. We don't treat the other eye because it doesn't do any good unless you develop a broken blood vessel. In glaucoma, what we're doing is we're, we're balancing risks. So if you develop it in one eye, we're saying, okay, we're going to treat that eye and get the eye pressure lower. Most of the time, I can't tell you all, but most of the time, if the other eye is suspicious, uh, we may go ahead and treat that because we say, we see where this is going. Sure. It's going like the other eye. Right. We might as well treat this now. Maybe we can lower the pressure and lower your risk of it developing glaucoma in the future. So you, you mentioned uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. So my, my question is, I, I am uh, older, I, I am missing the peripheral, I, I, st- I can still see clear in front of me, so I, I don't have that blotch that we've mentioned, uh, and I come in, um, you have uh, said I have glaucoma, I'm mm-hmm. taking drops, and so my question is, is do I get my vision fully restored? It's a great question. Uh, unfortunately, and this is the big danger with regard to glaucoma, and that is that with glaucoma, once you lose your vision, you don't get it back because we've okay. basically cut the healthy nerve wires, okay. and so they're lost. Now, some people believe, because remember, the most important things that we're looking at, when we look at that nerve and we say that nerve is suspicious and we're looking at a stereoscopic view with our lenses, uh, and we say, geez, that's suspicious. Well, we, it used to be, when I started practice, the nerve was everything. What does the nerve look like? Oh, they have glaucoma or don't? do they not? Um, let's confirm it with doing a side vision test or a visual field. Because the visual field is the acid test for true glaucoma. Okay. If you've lost side vision because your nerve looks funny or is unusual, uh, it's characteristic appearance has led to this side vision loss, that's glaucoma. Mm-hmm. All right? So, um, but now we go, well, we have better technology. We don't want to wait till the nerve is damaged mm-hmm. and then confirm it with side vision. We will check side vision regularly to make sure people have not lost vision or to look for very early signs of side vision loss that the patient can't even notice, but we can see and say, we don't want that to get worse. But more importantly, we're also looking at structure. We're looking at about a million different nerve wires that go into the big cable, the optic nerve. Mm -hmm. And if some of those nerve wires are getting thinner at a faster rate than they should as we mature or as we age, then then you're you're trending towards glaucoma. Those are some of the earlier signs. The wires going into the nerve, which we measure by a technique called OCT, that's just a digital image that gives us a, a level of vision that I, as an eye doctor, can't see. You know, mm-hmm. the level of a red blood cell mm-hmm. type of image. Right. We're looking at those individual wires. And, and to your point, it's not just a one-time. It's a trend over time. So we will gradually lose some of those wire thickness over time but at a slow rate if we see that rate increasing faster and Mm -hmm. it's abnormal compared to a normative database then your your risks are higher sure so that's so i tell everybody look i'm watching the nerve okay but structure and function by the oct 
and by the side vision test, those are the most important parts of this. I don't want to wait till the nerve is damaged. I will see some risk at the, at the nerve. Then I'm looking also at eye pressure as another risk factor. Now, when we start to get into treatment, then eye pressure becomes very important because I, I now say, oh, well, what, whatever, let's say that eye pressure, normal eye pressure in a country coal is about 12 to 20. Average being 16. It's, a good, it's just a good number to know. And it varies from day to day and from morning to evening. So if somebody says, oh, it's 13, and last time it was 12, oh, I'm higher, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. But if it swings a lot, that's a risk factor. But basically, because it varies, what we don't want to see is we don't want to see, or let's say we're going to start you on treatment with glaucoma and your pressure is 27. Mm-hmm. Then we start to say, okay, well, what pressure do I need to get that to to minimize your risk? And we've got some pretty good understanding of of that. All right. Um, so, so I have an extremely basic question, yeah. but when you say pressure and we're yeah. talking about eyes, I immediately think headache. Yeah. Yeah. Am exactly. I going to have a headache from having that much pressure? Great question. And let's, let's talk about four basic types of glaucoma congenital. You're born with it. We're going to rule that one out right now. Okay. We're going to say, let's, we're not talking about that type. Um, we're a, a secondary type, which is either something in the eye or something related to a systemic condition, mostly eye issues that happen to be in the eye that are unique, that cause it maybe in one eye more than the other, or both eyes, but it's unique to something you have, Mm -hmm. all right? That's a secondary glaucoma. We're going to push that to the side for a second. Then we take what we call a very unique, painful, closed angle type of glaucoma. These are the people that suddenly have a high eye pressure rise, uh, they get pain, they get blurred vision, they think they're having the worst migraine they've had, it's brow ache, and they go to the emergency room and they're throwing up. And that it's comes just on, terrible. That, comes, that comes on right away. You said closed angle. What is yeah, angle? closed angle. Well, the fluid has to be produced inside the eye, and then it drains out through a meshwork. And we call that meshwork an angle. Some okay. people have, because of their anatomy, a very shallow meshwork angle. Okay. And in, if that's, And they won't have any feelings until suddenly, boom, it closes off, and then the pressure is the fluid is produced, but Unbearable. it can't get out, yeah. and so it goes really, really high. So I'm ruling that type out because that is the painful type of sure. glaucoma. We can tell that usually in farsighted people, let's say middle age, you know, 45 to 65, that in, in that era, that's the the high likelihood of that happening. Does it happen very often? No, but it's devastating if it does because you can suddenly get this bad pain. For the garden variety, outside of those three types. Mm-hmm. For the garden variety patient, they won't have, we measure pressure, what I say about 12 to 20 being normal, 16 on average. You won't feel pressure in your eye unless it's in the mid 40s or above. Oh, wow. So so you're right. When you think about um, pressure, oh, my eye, I have pressure. It's usually sinuses around the eye sure. or something else. Right. It's usually not your eye pressure that's causing the pressure. Sure, But nevertheless, if your yeah. pressure is at a certain point in that third kind, yes. uh, then you are definitely going to have some pain. Yeah, because in this closed angle type, again, rare, how would we know? You need to ask your eye doctor, am I at risk for that? Okay. So when you say, real quick, when you mm-hmm. say garden variety, if we, I always try to think of things as a circular graph. If, I have sure. a, if a pizza is in front of me, mm-hmm. how much of that pizza pie is taken up by quote unquote, the garden variety? 85%. Oh, wow. Lots, okay. lots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then of the 15 left over, how much is in that third really painful category? I'd say 3%. Oh, wow. Okay. So a small amount. And the congenitals, 1%. And then secondaries are, and, and I'm just giving you my off yeah, the sure. cuff type. Yeah, yeah. I don't have an accurate study to tell you, yeah. but, but roughly. So most people, garden variety, most people have this, what we call open angle, which means it's not closed. Yeah. Right? Cause you know, we're not that smart. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta, <laughs> you know, plots and dots. We yeah, yeah, that yeah. Okay. So it's open. And so I can get fluid that is produced out 
to the drain, but now it takes a while for it to drain out. So it's kind of like a blocked sewer, mm. All right? I, no problem. If it rains really, really hard, if if I if if uh, somebody built a concrete wall in front of the sewer, I couldn't get to the drain. Mm. Okay, so the fluid level is going to go up. Um, but in this case, I can get to the drain. But I got all this trash and debris that are clogging it up. And so my lake level around the sewer goes up because it can't get out fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's a uh, that's the typical type of glaucoma. More problems with outflow than we have with production. It's usually not that, wow, man, you're just producing so much. Right. It's usually a matter of you produce to your normal level and it's just not draining out as fast. We need to help it when we treat it. So we, we've mentioned a term in here I want to make sure that we define, which is glaucoma suspect. Yeah. So if I hear, number one, am I going to, as a patient, hear that term mentioned in the room if I am a glaucoma suspect? Are you going to tell me that? Yes. Okay. Next yes. question. Does glaucoma suspect mean I have glaucoma? No, it does not. And in fact, I tell patients, again, I'm giving you averages, but typically uh, nine out of 10 people that are glaucoma suspects will not develop glaucoma in their lifetime. That's great news. 10% will, 9% really. But um, but as we add certain factors and we watch those trends, your risk may go up. How old are you? How old you are? Are you African-American? Are you African-American? Is it congenital? That's right. What your prescription is. Got do it. you have diabetes? Uh, the thickness of your cornea. A lot. What your eye pressure is, um, how you perform on the side vision test. One of the one of the key things, and I really really like this for my patients, and that is, and it only holds really true for patients that have high eye pressure. If you have high eye pressure, and somebody goes, "Ooh, do I have glaucoma?" Well, we're looking at your nerve. You're automatically a glaucoma suspect due to high eye pressure. Bad term. We call it ocular hypertension, but really it's high eye pressure risk. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm a glaucoma suspect. That means um, that somewhere on the scale, I have a little higher risk to de- develop glaucoma than the average person. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Where am I on that risk? I don't know. I need more information, especially when people have high eye pressure. I can take that eye pressure. I can take what their nerve looks like. I can take the corneal thickness, which we measure. I can take whether they have diabetes or not, and I can look at their side vision and put that into a formula and say, Cole, based upon now doing these tests, which is why we order those tests here in the office to be done, I can say your risk in the next five years of developing vision loss from glaucoma is less than 3%. Then we have a decision. Okay, if I'm 97% chance that I'm not going to have glaucoma and lose vision, do you want to treat me? Right. But what if that number, if that calculation came up 29%? Ooh, man. Now I got a 71% chance of being okay, but an almost 30% chance of losing vision that I've already been told by you I won't get back. Mm. I What are my options to lower my risk? And so that's, so most glaucoma suspects, I look, I look at this as we used to have this condition. If you're born female, you have a risk of osteoporosis that's higher than men. Sorry, I, just the way it is, right? right? right. So you have a risk. Who's going to have it? Well, we've got, you know, you're a female or you have osteoporosis. Well, there's a lot of gray area in between. Sure. The drug companies, I think, more than the physicians, came up with this, well, you know, you have osteopenia, which says, for whatever reason, you have a little bit higher risk. You're moving towards... So we're going to give it a name. We're going to give it a name, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, sometimes I've kidded patients and I've said, you know, here's the way to look at it. Everybody is at risk for glaucoma. 
it's really kind of on a scale of zero to 10, right? right. If, if 10 is complete blindness from glaucoma and seven is I've been diagnosed with it, your risk is somewhere between zero and six. I'd like your risk to be a zero or a one. Mm-hmm. But if I see certain factors that make me take you to a two or a three or a four, I'm going to tell you, I think this is a glaucoma suspect risk. And then I'm going to follow that with your glaucoma suspect based upon this, the appearance of your nerve, uh, your eye pressure, you have a thin cornea, whatever those factors are, okay? Um, but I'm going to watch that to see if you start to scale up to develop, oh, now you're true glaucoma. Right. True glaucoma being I've lost some side vision or more likely we found factors that say if we don't intervene, you're going to lose side vision. I really don't want to wait. The estimates are if we lose side vision from glaucoma, we've already lost half of our healthy nerve tissue. Oh, wow. No matter what it looks like. Yeah, so that's that's really, that's great. For me, historically, that may be in the definition by the Academy of Ophthalmology and the American Optometric Association. But as a clinician, I don't want to get to that point. Yeah, you know, sure. I'm going to, I want to treat that before I lose, or before you as a patient lose right. any. So, so Dr. Jeff, we're just coming out of November um, as we're recording right now. Um, and that in November in eye care is National Diabetic Eye Disease Month, uh, Awareness Month. And um, here, uh, our patients, our, um, our entire staff, we went through an entire um um, training where, you know, we really visually saw what, what is, uh, all that is diabetes in the eye. And so I'm saying that to say this, um, in researching, I, I ran across this, uh, point here. I wanted to get your feedback on and honestly coming out of November, but outside of November, it really doesn't matter what, uh, month, because it's an awareness month. This is just as important in the month of June, right? That's correct. But, um, I, I have a point here twice as likely to develop a glaucoma if you have diabetes, True story? Uh, you have an increased risk of developing glaucoma if you have high eye pressure and you have diabetes. That's a known risk factor. Okay. I that, can, to tear that apart, I can mm-hmm. have diabetes and regular eye pressure. That's correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Those don't always correlate. Sure. However, if you have high eye pressure and I say to you, do you have diabetes? And you say, no, I feel better. If you say yes, then that is an added risk factor, okay. more likely to go into that calculation of you're a little more likely to come up with a higher percentage of progression. So my note says twice as likely. Would you say it says, would you say it's twice? I, you know, I'd really have to look at the research. Okay. I don't, I, for me personally, clinically, I don't kind of say two times. Sure. Uh, it, it may be true. I just know that I really look at that with high eye pressure patients and say that's an added risk factor, and I'm really watching closely because right. of that. What it what it usually does is it plays into my calculation for them. Now, the studies on um, diabetes and glaucoma not related to high eye pressure sometimes get a little more murky. In general, I think most clinicians say if you have if you have diabetes, you're at a higher risk of glaucoma. Period. That's kind of the general statement. Mm-hmm. I say yes to that. I say, especially if you have high eye pressure, maybe even if you have normal pressure. But some studies will do a a whole lot of this and say, geez, we took these two groups. They had normal eye pressure. And those those that developed glaucoma that didn't have diabetes were the same as those that did have diabetes and developed. So it really wasn't a risk factor. Other studies will say, look at this. There's a three times higher risk in our population of people developing glaucoma when they had diabetes. And so- it's a little murkier depending upon the study. And then you start getting into, oh, is it valid? What was the population? What was the ethnicity? Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, in general, diabetes is a risk factor, no doubt about it. High myopia is a risk factor. The higher the nearsightedness, higher risk of diabetes. Can I tell you 1.2, I really can't. I can tell you it's a higher risk factor and it's one that I kind of add as another check mark in my vegetable soup. So, you know, I, I like to kind of bring it, bring it back down to one plus one equal two. Um, I, I, what I hear consistently in sitting at this table and having conversations with you for this podcast is uh, I would call it a maintenance plan, right? It, 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 and I, I just came back from some dental stuff where had I stuck to my plan, I probably wouldn't have had dental stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, the annual eye exam with, again, not selling like a bait and switch as much as uh, as much as bringing additional value to our patients and mm-hmm. p- people in their sphere, it is extremely important to dedicate that time to have your annual eye. We're talking about one, we like to say out of the door in 50 minutes, right? Yeah. One 50 minute time frame in a 12 month span where we are able to quote unquote, get that maintenance plan, where we're able to look at um, the cupping, where we're able to look at the digital image of the back of the eye and the optic nerve and, and have an image of what to compare it again year over year and taking five, six years off. And I think we see that, right? Right on the far end uh, of not coming in and having your annual eye exam uh, could be a very bad thing for you specifically and, and especially as you get older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the interesting thing is in the, the good news, if you will, is that di- excuse me, glaucoma is a, is a months to years to decade type of progression, right? It's not a fast thing in most cases. It right. takes a long time to develop. That being said, once it's starting to develop, it can move pretty quickly, okay? So developing it takes a while, but then we kind of cross that threshold, sure. and now we're rolling the, the stone down the mountain. It's harder to slow down, harder to treat, so we'd rather treat it before it gets to that peak. Right. So in, in most cases, the good news is I'm trying to protect vision so that people maintain their vision till they're 110 or more years old. That's what right. I tell people, right? And after that, uh, I'm going to leave it to you. But most people go, man, if I can, if you can do that, then that's successful. Great. What I want to, so the person that's higher risk for me are the young people. If I'm going to treat somebody at age 35 right. that has glaucoma, they're at a higher risk. It's harder for me to control that for 65 years as it is somebody who might be 85 and I'm trying to control that for another 15 years. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm sitting here thinking, I, I read um, a couple of years ago, this, this um, uh, research piece that said, that the average um, child lives mm-hmm. at their adult age uh, four and a half hours away from their parent. That's an average. Mm. And uh, the reason reason I bring this up is um, uh, my mom is um, 64. She could not guarantee right now go on her phone and find the podcast app, uh-huh. uh, but she could absolutely hit a sideways triangle that is a play button if I send it to her on text message or on email. And so I say that to say uh, it's very important for uh, those of us that are, are receiving this message right now, but are uh, in some cases in that in that four and a half, maybe even further uh, hours away from from loved ones and, and friends to make sure that they get this information. You know, this is 30 minutes and this is this is not like in the weeds clinical stuff this is normal i can i i can get what you're saying and i understand the importance and there's 85 percent it's not going to be in pain um it's going to be a very long long process so i'm not going to get it right now and 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 it'd be the big thing next week that's going to take a lot of time and money um but it is something that's very important to be on a schedule and to make sure that you have 
a clinical team that knows what is going on in your eyes and, and has the digital images to back it up and are measuring it year over year. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, to your point, to sit there and look back, if you've lost or will lose any vision from glaucoma and say, and I didn't think it was important enough to yeah. dedicate a little bit of time That's so somebody exactly could right. look at my nerve. Right. Holy cow. Right. What was I thinking? Yeah. Dr. Jeff, uh, in closing here, what is, um, uh, we, we, we've talked about what is glaucoma? What are the causes? Who gets it? Um, can I go blind from it? Uh, how do we detect it? Uh, we've talked about uh, the correlation between diabetes, having it um, on the 85 um, uh, garden variety, if you will, um, 85%, the 15% or the 3%, I'm sorry, that's very, very uh, painful and gets it really quick onset from getting it from mom and dad and, and through the family. What would you like our listeners and patients and future patients um, to know outside of that about glaucoma? That you should know, I, I kid I kid our staff and I say, you need to know what your donut is, all right? You should know what your cupping is. Ask the doctor, you know, ask us. Say, what's my cupping, okay? You know, so I will pass by some of our staff members and say, hey, how big's your donut? You know, because I want to know how big the donut hole is. I want right. to, if they're at least aware of that. That's right. I think two things that are, that are very helpful is roughly what does your eye pressure run and roughly what's your cupping, okay? The patient working with us will provide the best chance of us not allowing glaucoma to develop because the more they are aware and realize that they're not going to have any symptoms, even if they move to Poughkeepsie, New York, they're going to go, Hey, you know what? Well, when they measured it in Nashville, Dr. Keg had a 0.2 on my cup and my pressures ran about 17. Okay. That's so, so important because the patient's going to be the best protector of their own medical care. The second thing is if you have been diagnosed as a glaucoma suspect, each of your your siblings and your, you know, your parents and your sons or daughters, but your brothers and sisters, one out of two of them is a glaucoma suspect also. Right. It just runs in families that way. You need to talk to them and say, hey, when did you have your eyes checked last? What did they tell you about your nerve? Are you at any higher risk for glaucoma? Because I've just been diagnosed as a glaucoma suspect. I may be a mild suspect now. Mm-hmm. But I want to help you and make sure that you're protecting your eyes. Right. And it's so uh, it's not funny at all. It's uh, I was going to say it's kind of funny, but it's 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 eye opening. And since joining the team here that my brother, my brother's four years older than me. And maybe six months ago, he had to have an annual exam. It's he works outside. He's worked outside for many, many years. And I was shocked at how he has not been to the annual, hasn't had an annual Mm -hmm. exam in many years. And so I was like, you know, do they have optolis? Are you taking a digital image? You know, we do have diabetes uh, uh, in our family. And so the good news is all that came um, uh, back very positive, but it's still, I don't know that that annual exam would have even happened had I not said, wait, do you know this? Are you doing this? Right. Right? Uh, So definitely important. Thank you, Dr. Jeff, very, very much. As always, thank you very much for listening to As I See It. If you have not, please go to Apple Podcast or the Google Store, download As I See It. Uh, Every single Tuesday, we release a brand new episode. And if you have it downloaded, you'll get a notification on your phone, which is very cool. Obviously, subscribe uh, to the channel. And as always, leave us a comment. Dr. Jeff reads those every single week. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. Thanks a lot, Cole.